0: Hello and welcome to the Cast. I'm Brady Byrne. And I'm Kim Cass. Today we're looking at a book called The Showstopper by author Kyle Robertson. As always, any criticisms directed towards the authors or works that we discuss are exaggerated for entertainment purposes and are not meant to be taken personally. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the show.
1: Let's talk about The Showstopper. Let's talk about The Showstopper. Welcome everybody to the season finale. Yes. And uh, if you
0: listen to our show, you would know that historically in the last episode of the season, we try to find something special.
1: And there is no change to that plan. We searched and we searched. Uh, We found Scar, uh, yes. the tightly gened man delivered a book <laughs> well under par and yeah. we dropped that book about halfway through yeah uh, as it was nothing more than shitty sexist schlock yeah and not
0: even good enough as a monster book to really carry itself like all your ruins was so we went back to amazon try and find you know like a vigilante reloaded you yeah. know something that really like it isn't necessarily a good book, but is at least
1: interesting and is a cut above the rest. Yeah. Well, what are we looking for? That is a good place to start. Yeah. Now, we look at self-published work or at least at the very minor end, books that aren't going to be looked at by anyone, Yeah. traditionally published or not. Mm. Uh, and to that end, we we have this dying quickly dying hope that uh, one day that we'll come across books that we go, wow, this is the showstopper. You know, <laughs> this this is the book that we've always dreamed of. It's, yeah. it's unheard of. It's well-written and it's got things to say. Yeah. Hopefully it's like
0: what we imagine – the benefits of self-publishing could do which yeah. is like a book that's
1: good enough to go to print but maybe didn't get picked up by a publisher yeah but it's gone on an episode of this huge podcast now it's blowing up big yeah. time now that's what i envisage, <laughs> <laughs> envisage for my own book and yeah. uh hopefully uh you know there's another podcast if not this one yeah. where when my book lands to the self-publishing world that it will get picked up and it will be noticed yes and you know uh, that may happen authors out there um send us a donation
0: first. You yes. know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, see what happens uh, when we go to record on that book. Um, but like, I should say we also go into every episode Hoping that that is the book. We don't just say, like, okay, final episode in the season, let's try to find something good. We always look for something
1: good. Mm. Even if we find, or if we know the book is bad, yeah. then we, we hope that it's bad in the way that, like, you know, it's got horrible writing, yeah. it's got an idea, it's yes. got some characters, it's trying to say something. The main criteria is that it's interesting.
0: Mm. No matter what that means, mm. you know, whether it's interestingly bad, interestingly bad, good <laughs> it never is but you know the showstopper
1: was our brightest star yeah well we looked at it and we saw all the things that we hoped to see yeah. we had a guy uh, who was obviously coming off the back of some form of education yes uh, education, in writing
0: in writing yes the the cover looked like actually produced it didn't yes. look like a rip-off or
1: you know some kind yeah, of a of great cover if i may say so uh yeah. for this type of work and really i i kind of and this may have been the pedestal that it shouldn't have been put on but i yes. put it on a separate pedestal a higher one yeah a higher ranking pedestal than the books that we usually work out yeah because it did seem like it was going to be better. It was, yeah. it had a better cover. It had an uh, author behind it who didn't look like some guy that had just fallen off the back of a boat. No. Like, uh, you know. No, you read his
0: bio, you go on his website, you know, Kyle Robertson on his website. And like he was, he had an event for the launch of this book. Mm. He had, you know, written about how he originally published this with a different cover. And now he was reissuing it with a better one because he was really trying to make it work. And all those things strike us as you know passion for your craft yeah. and and like an actual hope and and confidence that that your book is mm. is something different mm. and we bought it and we're sold on that idea and then uh the show stopped yes, didn't it? the that show. show stopped right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. the show
1: stopped when we started reading yeah, yeah it was like an actor who jumped out on the stage and forgot all of his lines yeah i mean well or perhaps it's better to say that it's an actor that you know jumped up on stage and did his lines but they're all phoned in there was no emotion there was no feeling yeah and and that's kind of what puts this book in a unique place among yeah. the other books that we have looked at is and it's written well. Oh
0: yeah. It's written as much as I could say like a quote unquote real book yeah. as anything else we've read. You yeah. know, like and not just in a prose or a grammar level. There's like actual understanding of the structure of a story yeah. and like, you know, how to use metaphor and different kinds of like scene setting and how to follow up,
1: you know, a character description yeah. with a character demonstration, all that stuff. It's like you said, it is very educated writing. Yeah. And is something that makes reading it go down way smoother right oh, yeah. i'm not trying to read this book like i'm trying to read clash of the blue demons no because you need to put in serious amounts of effort oh, to yeah. get the story out of a book yeah. like that no
0: and this one you don't have to do any extra interpretation it's no. like very easy to read yeah and the plot flows yeah and we should say that we didn't like pick this up and start reading it and immediately discover that it wasn't you know what we we're looking for it was a process of unfolding the idea that
1: this is something a little more typical of what we actually look at. And sadly there is also an element of of you think it's good and you you keep holding on to that hope and you go, oh, "Yeah, right, it's, it's going to, it's you going to. You start justifying like, no, you know, that scene wasn't so great or this character character's really flat. Or but what maybe was that not- dialogue, you know? <laughs> but you, you, you just, you keep on holding on to that idea that, yeah. wow, but it, it's written well and that means he's got something going. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh. no, 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 no. Because it doesn't actually matter how well you write Because if your ideas aren't there and your conflicts and your stories aren't in the flesh and begging to be read.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there's a little more nuance to this book than just it's bad because we look at a lot of books that are just bad. I think it's going to take a little more to unpack what's wrong with this story. And, you know, I I think we're going to give credit where it's due to certain elements and take that credit back. Uh, when poor elements are thrown back in our face. Yeah. So the premise of this book is that you've got 1920s, you know, glitz and glam of yeah.
1: Broadway. Yeah.
0: Tinseltown,
1: all of that jazz.
0: Yes. And it's all about the world of theaters and acting. And you've got the showstopper, who is like a criminal mastermind, who kind of sabotages different play productions. Mm. Uh, you don't know why. Uh, he doesn't, like, kill people. He just, like, you know, shoots the chandelier out and it crashes. And, oh, all the actresses' dresses are ruined. And, and uh, uh, the young dames in the crowd are, you know, fanning their gloves. And, yeah. oh, wasn't that
1: something? Yeah. As if those sort of things wouldn't attract more people to the theater. Because, like, what if the showstopper arrives? And, yeah. you know, like, we could could see the... The failure of the theater in progress. Like, yeah. to me, it didn't actually spell out, you know, this is how you ruin theaters. No, um, yeah. not necessarily. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 good enough,
0: right? Yeah, good enough. Good enough. And so that's a premise. Right. And that's probably, I would say, where like the uniqueness of the ideas end. Yes. Because it's a fun idea. Mm. It sets up like, you know, a level of stakes that I'm into, which is it's a low scope story. You know, like this isn't going to be like, you know, some save the world kind of stuff. It's just like, all right, you know, we've got
1: a a caper of the week kind of structure to this. A bit of of city corruption, police corruption. You've got the theater people, uh, the love interest. You've got all these core elements. These like building blocks of yeah, a story that you should expect I think yeah however they're handled in a way where it's like uh what you expect it's so railroad that like y- you can see the story all the way down all you need to do is yeah. look out the window of your carriage and you can see exactly where you're going oh yeah and there's no deviation and stuff no. like that no, the, no, the no,
0: problem no. is that like the reliance on tropes is so strong that there is basically nothing else on top of it Mm. you know if you want to introduce to me that there's the grumpy police chief and you know he doesn't care about the showstopper he's got you know real crimes to solve but the city council is is breathing down his neck to go after this you know new drama case okay you know you've set up a very predictable storyline for me uh, build on that and
1: surprise me with what no the no, twists it, and turns it, yeah, no no it doesn't no do no, that. no no the problem is is that when you have the grumpy police chief yeah that's okay providing that the things that he wants his goals his situation they all make sense however if the police chief is just grumpy because he needs to be the grumpy police chief for other characters yeah. to have their conflict then the uh, disillusion is there you know yeah. I, I can't believe that this police chief, his precinct is in turmoil and is about to be closed down because of the showstopper. Yeah. And he's only going to assign the worst officer to the case that he hates because he is trying to stack things against this police officer. But why would he do that?
0: No. Yeah. That's where the character motives. If you have built the character from the ground up on a trope, then you have no legwork for like them actually doing anything Mm. because his goal is to prevent his police precinct from being shut down so he gives the case to someone he knows will fail at it a brand new beat cop yeah uh, irish beat cop who has no protective experience at all there's no hope to solve the case no he gives he gives him the
1: biggest case of the century the showstopper and then gets furious when he can't solve it yeah and not to mention that the inciting incident for example where he gives uh, McKenna, the Irish uh, police officer, the case is one where he spills coffee, McKenna spills coffee on another officer, and then uh, they get into a shouting match where he uses a uh, sailor's tongue. And therefore, uh, this impresses because shouty police chief likes other men who shout. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> he therefore goes, ha ha, what a great shout you did. Uh, here's the biggest case of the century. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. Like, Oh, you fucked it up? How could I have not seen this coming? Yeah, it's just all of... The outside elements that put the characters where they want to be for the story, they don't make any sense, which means that it feels like the characters are cardboard. You could push them over. They're just mannequins, you know, Yes. for the few that do have, you know, something to do. Like they're literally just there to set up
0: other things. Mm. They don't feel like dynamic characters in, in a, you know, in a story sense.
1: Yeah. And you need your side characters, even those ones, even the ones that aren't necessarily in the story but they play key roles for other characters they need to be real people as well you can't just have them ill thought and you know broken you can give me he's the grumpy police chief to quickly you know like give me
0: that character But if that's where my understanding of him ends, Mm. then I have nothing to look forward to. You can, you know, set me up with, okay, here's your grumpy policeman. You know, uh, here's your uh, wise uh, British guy. Build on top of them. Because then I'm like, all right, you know, uh, you've gotten me into the story with the trope. I kind of know what the pieces look like put them together interestingly but they they never move this is no. like a story development by you know lego blocks
1: yeah, yeah. it really is <laughs> and, and and that's that's why it's kind of sad because the writing in places is so good oh yeah like it, yeah. it has like it it knows how to write itself like it knows how yes. to write the trope it knows how to write the cheese oh the cheese the, yes. and the cheese is critical to the story but i i think for the wrong reasons right like yeah like You can have a cheesy story where the characters are spicing up this setting by being a part of it, you know. The, yeah. the the chandelier drops and all the actors rush out. and Yeah, and everyone's know. like over-exaggerated versions of, you know, that time piece.
0: Yeah, and then the main actor, you know, he, he clutches the dropped piece of glass and he says,
1: Joe Stopper. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it's just like that the whole way. And in the beginning, I was really thrilled by that because I was like, it's so cheesy, it's gonna play on like my ideas about what's gonna happen and yeah. subvert them with some sort of trickery where, nope. you, you know, uh, but no, it oh. just goes like, oh, the characters and the setting is cheesy. Oh, uh, and the story is cheesy too. Yes. So the whole thing is cheesy. And as we all know, cheese is very yummy paired with wine and nuts and other things. <laughs> cheese is not so yummy when you get a huge circular. Yeah. <laughs> and you're forced to eat the whole thing. Yeah. Like, just that's not how cheese works. That's no, like, not. And uh, it, it's painfully. Cheese is a sometimes food. Yeah. Cheese is a little in small amounts, you know, paired with other things. Yes. So we've got the police element.
0: We've got like the, you know, the classical theater, you know, the The angry theater owner who after the showstopper attacks, he fires all his actors because yeah. he, you know, he wants a clean house and yeah. start again. And... <laughs> move past it (laughs) and then we get introduced to uh, the main character who works for this theater he's He's the janitor his name's Tom Wilkins Mm -hmm. and we're clued in very early on that he is the showstopper yeah it doesn't try to obscure that or anything which I actually like because it's extremely obvious that he's the showstopper yeah Um, just in the way he's written and his his immediate disdain for actors and show business in general yeah Uh, so I like that that wasn't obscured because that would be wasting my time
1: yeah now it's done correctly there, that uh, when it's obvious to the reader, why not just tell them to make sure that they are not being uh, insulted? Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't do that with all the other character mysteries. Like, you know that, that there's uh, other characters who you don't know what their real goals are or yeah. blah, blah, blah. But it's so obvious to the reader <laughs> that <laughs> yes. that guy's the saboteur or that's the dirty policeman, you know, yeah. because of the cheesy dialogue that they always like you know imagine dialogue where uh, you have two people and one of them's trying to hide something from the other person and he he has to mutter it under his breath you know like yeah. no one does that and it's so, no. uh, you you're poisoning your own story by like making it so obvious yeah. through usage of cheese that this man is the you know the yeah. the mystery man well that's the that thing that by is... the time you finally tell me i'm like yeah, yeah can we skip this part because i or i have known since the beginning of the book that you know yeah. x y z it's the problem we've run into time and time again where while
0: the structure and the story fits itself in places, there's a misunderstanding of the pacing of information to the point where the reader is way too ahead of the story. Yeah. Where it's like, I, I yes, I know that these characters are not who they say they are, but when the characters I'm reading about don't know and they're sitting around going, what's going Ooh, on? Yeah. I'm I'm just like waiting for them to get the yeah. obvious information that
1: I already know. Come on, like think about Scooby-Doo, you know? Like Scooby-Doo <laughs> is a show where uh, there's a mystery to be solved, yes? And yeah. And it's made for kids, so they're not trying to lowball it. And even in that show, like, the only thing that really gives it away sometimes is his mustache is slightly too curled, or, yeah. you know, uh, like, it's. it's Go watch Scooby Doo before you try to hide your character's intents. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, it's get, get, like, get the basics of a mystery down. Yeah, it's a 101 course on that. Like, <laughs> and that's. It's so, so very disappointing because, yeah. sadly, you know based on how good the writing was in the beginning and the beginning has the most steam of the story uh, uh, and the the you know I was eating that cheese and I was go like wow that was a flavorful bite that's going to be good in, this, in, small in small amounts. I hope it's not the whole book, but it is the whole book, and yep. then yeah, wow. Well, you get bloated. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Thomas Wilkins. He's a showstopper, um, and he's the janitor for uh, a theater that he mm. disdains, yes. and we find out that he hates actors in an extremely dramatic and understandable way. I'm going to say this in two parts, that when we get his backstory of, you know, his dad was a piece of shit actor and it made his mom so sad that she killed herself in front of him. Uh, This is why Tom Wilkins hates actors. That's fine. You have a character who's like, who has such an extreme and over, biased attitude towards Mm. a a kind of profession it it doesn't make sense that you know he would hate all actors just because his asshole dad was an actor but that's how people are sometimes we we do build biases like that the problem is when his overdone bias is completely reflected by the narration itself Mm. every actor in this book is an actual piece of shit
1: yeah they're just like all scumbag liars and like every single one is... A, there is no actor in this story that has any like redeemable qualities. Well, except for his love interest. Well, except for the love interest, but she is also a liar, you know, to some degree. And yeah. I also think that, okay, you can sell me on a romance if it's like love at first sight. They're just in love, but... And this that, goes through the whole will they, won't they and... I know. Uh, like all, all the beats you're expecting. Yeah.
0: But the problem, again, is that like... You can have a character who has this bias and and I will even be more sympathetic towards him if he struggles to unravel that idea. But when every single actor who runs into him calls him street scum, snake, yeah. he's a low Get back light. to work, you filthy janitor rat. Like, yeah,
1: you are less than human. And yeah, it's, it's like dog, <laughs> you know, like it... it, it. Then you go, well, you know, no wonder he wants to, like, shoot chandeliers and ruin shows because they do treat him like shit.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing is, like, you haven't convinced me that his, you know, nearly psychotic view of the world is is something to be sympathetic for because it's literal. Like, Mm. yes, in this world, actors are the biggest scum
1: of the earth, but, like, that's not how it should be reflected. No, it should be like, this is a character flaw where, you know, his hatred for actors uh, blinds him to his love interest or something like that, you know? But instead like, no, he doesn't even have an inner conflict with it, really. He just goes how could she be an actor? Well but you never Actors are bad. Yeah like, but you never see him actually like quibble with it right uh, until like the very, uh, you know, third act really where they do have shouting fights at each other and stuff like that. But way too long and way too little
0: yeah way too little it's drawn out to the nth degree especially when yes he meets this love interest who uh is literally described as a fiery redhead yes a fire um, like it, it's sorry. like not even trying to no. co- like cover the fact that it's a trope
1: yeah and that's where that's where you know those particular lines of description and things like that go oh, he knows, like, uh, it's tropey and he's going to play on it to deceive me in some way. Like, no. I'm excited for, you know, the twists and turns of this book. No, she just is a vapid redhead, you know, actor that... Whose personality ends at fiery. Yeah, and... She uh, has red hair. Yeah, she, and... Red her more are than, fiery. She's one of the main characters and her more than anybody else could be replaced by a mannequin oh, wearing yeah. a wig. Like, yeah. she doesn't do anything. No, like, she doesn't. In fact, she
0: is part of the reason why this book is probably 100 pages More than it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, Because you've got this whole thing where they set up that. You know she's an actress,
1: and janitor boy. You know he loves her, but he hates actors. actors and, and how is he going? And how is she going to convince him through her? You know, maybe, maybe it's it's the matinee, and and she's out there, and she's performing, and he's like, oh my god, but like this is acting from the heart. This yeah. is something else. reevaluate this is true passion, my bias. Man. This isn't lying. She's being more truthful on stage than she like. Where, where is that conversation? No, she likes him because he's dark and mysterious. Yeah, and he likes her because she's she's pretty. pretty yeah. So you could replace her with a mannequin and the story would not change in the slightest. Well, except maybe there's a little bit less cheesy dialogue, which <laughs> in all accounts in my book is a good thing. Well,
0: let's talk more about the dialogue because the, the, the contrivance that prolongs this part of the story is that, you know, they do like each other, but Actor Girl, you know, is dating a, another actor boy yeah. who literally calls Tom like street scum yeah. and these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and and Tom of course oh how could you be dating that brute yeah. you know that that asshole he's an actor yeah he's uh, a chad like yeah, he's, he's just a, a chad. yeah he's literally like yeah, the, it's the, like the, the chad, chad actor this is the virgin janitor. <laughs> <laughs> well we even get to this point where they meet each other one night on the street Tom and the girl and he's like oh you know i can't believe you're still seeing actor boy and she said yeah well you know he's actually all right you know he's he's pretty and he has you know good conversational skills he's not here right now cuz he's he's back at the theater teaching the other theater girls uh, some tongue techniques you know i guess it's an acting thing and it's like
1: so you present now you're also like belittling her intelligence like and mine as well yeah to like no, who would who in their right mind,
0: would receive a piece of dialogue like that and not understand that He's like, you know, out with other girls. Yeah. And I mean, it makes or, the character or, or seem dumb. Or, and it makes you th- seem like you think I'm
1: dumb for that. Yeah, not because, so, up. well, what? I believe that she's that stupid that she would say that to him and not recognize that that's an obvi- obvious euphemism for, you know, <laughs> cunning <laughs> yeah. linguism. Yeah. I mean, that's where it also became more and more as the story progressed. Like the cheese was handling me like I was dumb yeah. and not playing on it like, oh, Oh, you're smarter than this! Oh, you know. it, yeah, it's because the, the conflict in their you know romance is
0: contrived to the point of like no sensible people would you know have this as a barrier. Mm. If she's that dumb that she can't see that this guy is not good for her, which to the book's credit, it doesn't waste time playing that out. In like the next scene, she meets him and he's got like you know smacks
1: uh, on his collar, yeah. like uh, oh, come no, on, no
0: shit. But yes, then, okay, then that's like 20% of the book and and, and girl and janitor boy can get together. No, they don't. No. They don't because uh, he's about to tell her that uh, he loves her and she's about to say the same. But then one of them says, no, I can't. I've got to leave. and like they just invent reasons not to be together Mm. and like that's that's... the kind of shit that puts like a hundred pages between that interaction and the point they get together and it
1: is a waste of time yeah and that's kind of where the that's really the problem with the whole book in general is that you've got the characters but they haven't got any reason to be doing the things that they're really doing more than like you know, his hatred for actors inspires him to, you know, stop shows yeah. from happening in clever and unique ways. Yeah, he's a genius. Yeah, he's a genius. Uh, because he built a grappling hook? Because he built a grappling hook. Now, let's, <laughs> let's. So, now, we've got this problematic story that's way too cheesy. And, and that has no identity. No identity, but a lot of color, you know. Oh, yes. Um, and it's so great to read something just in a small manner of praise where you know, I, I I see the setting. You know, I, I yes, I'm reading yeah. it and I can see the setting. I I have this idea of the theater in my head and the characters running around inside yeah. of it. You know, so much of that is missing from the other books. So. I feel very present in yeah. the story when yes. I'm reading it. It's supposed to be about theater stuff, but it, it comes across as like a really poorly written play. Like yeah. the, it's like
0: the production is all great, all great. You, you know, hear the, the, the costumes, costumes are amazing, there. and then the actors are the like music
1: is going off. Yes. They have the whole or symphony they're going and then but
0: like the, the dialogue and the acting is like uh, you know what you could expect but then like the
1: character's just like
0: we can't do this now and then they run off i can't they, tell I you
1: can't. i love you yet i need
0: another 50 pages yeah
1: like it, it's just you're sitting there and you're 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 like wow that was a beautiful scene but wow did that well, was i, forget I will <laughs> yeah. forget this immediately yeah, yeah. But we need to talk about what the book is actually about, you know, and where the story draws its inspiration from. Oh, yes. And so we're going to start talking about Batman oh, and yes. all the similarities because when you have books that aren't inspired by stories, mm-hmm. right? You know, or sto- stories to be written. Mm-hmm. Yes, an idea that needs to be told, a tale that is just dying to be said. Uh, you end up taking things uh, from your closest, nearest sitting, whether it be another book or whether it be that DVD that's been sitting on your cabinet. And yeah, you- maybe your f- favorite childhood cartoon. Mm, yeah, and and sadly, this book deviates course in a manner of uh, speaking uh, and decides to borrow a couple of things. Oh, well, I'm more like becomes a one-to-one copy of certain things. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's great because in Batman, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, Batman, he, he trains uh, for an extensive period of time. You know, He has this tragic accident. Just like tom wilkins yeah you know, uh, and he, his association with crime and his family is there. genius technology yeah. his, de- uh, his big company is there and it's got this genius tech uh, you know and he all these things come together to create batman tom wilkins <laughs> uh he is a genius because uh, he creates a genius because c- because he can shoot a chandelier down and stop a show and he has a grappling hook to get up To the top part of the building. Well, all the characters
0: keep telling him that he's a genius, so Um, he must be. Yeah.
1: So, (laughs) uh, uh, he just is without, you know, demonstrating that he is. And that's kind of, like, really disappointing. You know, like, he has this workshop uh, secretly hidden at his little home where he's building all these little contraptions to help him, uh, you know, do his deeds. His cat burglary. Uh, But... It's, it's like we go to his workshop and we see a grappling hook and a couple of minor little other things. But really, there's nothing else. He doesn't use his superpower, so to speak. And I also want to say that he doesn't even use his, like, presence as a janitor in the like no it's basically before the show starts he's already done some show stopping and it's like oh he's a janitor and he works at the thing so he gets insider access now he gets fired from the theater yeah so he doesn't even use his like job as like a disguise anymore like the book is running so thin on like you know well that's the thing just lets go of all its it makes
0: sense that batman he's a billionaire and his disguise, like, uh, contrasts that. But, like, he fits into the world despite the fact that he is a vigilante. Tom Wilkins, after he's fired as a janitor, there's, like, no real attention given to how's he, what's he doing with all this wealth yeah. that he's making from show-stopping jobs. And, you know, wh- how is his cover? Why, Why even have a hidden workshop? Who cares about him? yeah who would be looking like yeah. it doesn't matter that he's a vigilante because the world that is written here literally views him as like a street snake
1: yeah he's the lowest common denominator in this entire hierarchy yeah everyone and even tells his love interest don't associate with him it will ruin your reputation and and in all honesty like it's not like he uses their uh prejudice against him as a way of tricking them into thinking oh he couldn't he doesn't play dumb Yeah. You know, he doesn't uh, uh, seduce people by, like, uh, having them, like, explain things to him while he does something else. No, 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 no. In fact, anything like that is reserved for the other character, McKenna, this Irish officer... And while he really doesn't do much at all... Uh, he bumbles He bumbles through, the case. through and he's on the scene when people get blowed up. Yeah. Uh, but at least he has some redeeming moments where, like, the incumbent police chief is railing on him and belittling him, but he's using it as a way of uh, snatching something off his desk. Yeah. You know? it, like, yeah, but that's, that's the police officer. That's not our main character. Our main no. character... Is uh, struggling to even get minor things, putting minor things together, and he becomes a pawn for like the the main evil guy. Yeah, let's, the saboteur. let's talk
0: about the villain now. You've got, you know, the showstopper who is sort of—I mean, he's not really a vigilante. He just stops theater productions. Yeah. But he gets like a you know message every once in a while from someone to do a job. Yeah. You know, some theater owner wants another theater taken out to draw people to whatever. Yeah. And he gets a, a note uh, from someone called the saboteur. Uh, who wants him to take down some sort of production. The, the saboteur also sends the police uh, a note supposedly written from the showstopper saying he's going to stop the show. So he gets set up. Tom yeah. gets set up. He goes to do a show stopping. Police is there. Oh, no, conflict. Tom now has to find out who is the
1: saboteur. Yeah, but- uh, again like he what what detectives or what, what he doesn't pull out a gadget and you know he doesn't use his superpower so to speak to f- solve this problem no because that would require critical thinking and all the great things no. that make stories awesome the whole
0: conflict they've set up there which you know could be pretty interesting like i said i like that this is like a low-stake story mm. you got showstopper you got saboteur they're both out for the theaters for some reason tom has like a backstory you know he he hates actors he just wants to cause chaos but the saboteur's intent is also like it's the same thing he, he hates actors, actors he hates actors and, and he wants to he wants, to, he wants to play yeah but he wants to kill them yeah like he, he you know tom wants to stop shows saboteur wants to blow them up yes and so you could have like okay they're foil for each other but no the their thing just gets railroaded into a damsel in distress saboteur has got my love
1: interest and i have to stop him before he pulls the trigger like you know it's just again like it's vapid it's vapid and it it could have been so good it could have been great it like that 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 level of writing like where i would say it's like standard issue writing yeah. level needed to produce a book of readability <laughs> <laughs> uh, and couple that with some interesting ideas and some you know clever characters and boom yeah you might actually sell that book yeah that that, that might actually get some good reviews yeah. you know uh, who knows what about when the
0: saboteur says i'm just like the showstopper except i just want to watch the world burn yeah but
1: like, not like the joker though no 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 no, no no not like the joker Oh, who also just wants to watch the world burn? Yeah, which is a line from Batman. Yeah, and the Batman and and
0: the Joker, you know, they 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 contrast each other. In, in and that
1: what way. about saving somebody via grappling hook technique?
0: Yeah, that would be cool. What if the you got the grappling hook from like a wise old British man, like yeah. a, like a butler type, yeah, with
1: a with a cane, like a you know, a, 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 some sort of old wise man who's been around the block and yeah. and, know, and has been helping Tom his whole Tom, life. Yeah, you know. it's sort of his mentor because his parents were obviously not mm. there. So. Yeah. Uh, And and I wonder, I wonder if there's going to be a nosy reporter and, uh, you know, like. Uh, And the commissioner, uh, the sergeant, sergeant, yes. Uh, And it's just Batman uh, was on your mind (laughs) for some reason. And you thought like, I can. uh, I'll just do that. Remember that uh, scene from the book where there's a big uh, police speech uh, happening uh, in the middle of town? and uh, uh, a particular character is is running and trying to find where the gun is supposed to shoot from. And uh, they find a gun, but it's it's a dummy gun. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, and then it goes off and everyone looks up to the window and, and discovers and, him there. Uh, he's the one in the room with the gun. Oh, uh, where have we seen such things before? The uh, blockbuster movies, something on the tip yeah, of my tongue. I mean, we can even go
0: way back to the Tim Burton Batman, uh, you know, which has its climax in a bell tower, uh, <laughs> which this book also has. Well, I mean, Bell Tower's uh,
1: commonplace for any showdown,
0: really. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, especially the kind where the evil bad guy uh, uh, reveals his identity, reveals his plans, mm. uh, gives the main character plenty of time to come up with a cunning way to get out of the situation.
1: Yeah, it's like literally. It it is, is, it's <laughs> it's done in the way where, like, he thinks, like, perfect time to use this trope to get out of the situation. Yeah. Readers are going to love this. Like It is like a story put together like a Lego yeah. set. When you put a Lego set
0: together, it looks great at the end. It's functional. It's well designed. But you're not creative for for putting Legos together.
1: Are you? Like, <laughs> well, uh, if I go buy Legos and I put them together, am I being creative? I, I, I remember one good time when I was very young and I received a 80-80 uh, Star Wars Lego robotic walking uh, thing and uh, I feel pretty creative making that fucking yeah. thing. It didn't- uh, How, it, how it, old were you? Uh, eight, nine, okay. uh, around that age. And uh, th- when well, This I- book was written by someone above the age of nine. Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, the love for Batman, I would say, is around that age level. <laughs> yes, that's
0: it. we're putting our own
1: puzzle together now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, the, yes, the AT-AT, uh, two of its legs walked backwards while it was trying to walk forward. So it, it had a little bit of a movement issue. Mm. But I did feel very creative, uh, you know, uh, putting it together. Well, there's a spectrum here
0: between like, yes, most of the books we read, you know, they've gotten the... the the instructions are out there. You know, you can take the tropes, you can put them together, but like most people don't. You mm-hmm. know, they they're trying to do their own ideas and they often fail. Yeah. This person said, you know, I'm I'm going to use ideas that work, but I'm going to put them together in a way that looks functional, looks structured, by all accounts does what it sets out to do. But it's completely lifeless mm. in the end. The creative elements are not of your own making in that sense.
1: Yeah, it is a a completely trope constructed, yes. you know, predictable. I, I picked up this book and I was like, I'm so happy that I get to read a, a story that has structure and things yeah. like that. However, structure doesn't mean predictability, and it doesn't—it definitely doesn't mean you know that you can't subvert anyone's expectations or do challenge the reader in any meaningful way. Because who would want the reader to? Speaking of challenges, what about the twist? Oh my god! Wow. so uh, breaking from Batman and <laughs> slipping back more into <laughs> the trope of the nineteen twenties, where uh, every old Englishman is a bad guy, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. because in America and during those time periods, the English were were commonly seen as dastardly villains, yes. you know, uh, and uh, of course they're cane twirling and uh, Hello, yeah. governor. Hello, oh, governor. And I love that, like he, he has to make sure that <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, he's really British, so. Basically, every sentence, uh, you get a hello, governor, out of it. Yeah. yeah. The bad guy, the saboteur is going, hello, governor, hello, governor. How are you doing today, ma'am? Hello, governor. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> like of, course, of course, you find out that Reginald, the, mm. the mentor of... Reginald uh, Coxley, the nice old man, and yeah, the who's... only other British person in the entire story. Yeah, who who also happens to be like, governor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh,
0: has been helping Tom, you know, through his days as, uh, you know, up-and-coming showstopper. Wow, he turns out to be the saboteur. Oh,
1: my God. Who could have thought... Thunk it. Yeah. Who could have thunk it? Who could have that the only two people that ever say governor repeatedly on non-stop <laughs> tracks uh, that, that they're the same person? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, who could have Who could have thunk it? Yeah. yeah.
0: I will say the only part of the whole saboteur stuff that I actually liked was that the saboteur's plan kind of makes sense. You know, he helped Tom become the showstopper so that Tom would ruin these theaters That drives all the business to certain other theaters, and the saboteur, Reginald, he goes up and buys the ones that have been made redundant, and now he basically owns every theater on the block, and so when he gets a chance to put, you know, shows on, he, like, loads them up with bombs, and this is his big plan to, like it like makes sense the way the villain has constructed his plan but that doesn't mean anything if you still have that tropey scene where he explains this to Tom in detail and why don't you join me showstopper we are both the same yeah we have the same motives
1: governor yeah H- governor hello uh, we, we you bomb theater people our parents were horrible and we yeah. must governor these uh, people and, and
0: you hate actors and I hate actors we are the same and then Tom says no No, we're not the same because
1: i love the fiery redhead yeah she's so fiery she has green eyes and she's from ireland yeah (laughs) and yes they stop the saboteur well of course they they stop it in the classic fashion of The girl's got the gun to her head. and She's been, well, yeah, she's just been tied up. She's just an item for him to reclaim. Well, She's the mannequin. And, you know, the mannequins can be moved. They can be placed. You can put their arms up and down. You know, they're very versatile. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yes, and that is basically the end of her function in the story is to be uh, something for
0: Tom to chase after. Yes. His understanding that all actors aren't so bad yeah. does not come from like her demonstrating to him that no actors aren't bad.
1: She- it's not like we have a scene where she's not being the hoity-toity uh, upper class lady that uh, maybe Tom perceives her of being, but she's actually down at the city mission, uh, handing out leftovers, and you know, really putting it in for the lower class, like. No, no. No, She grabs
0: onto his hip after the case is solved and they grappling hook into the night. Yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane. He's he's reclaimed his uh, item, his victory token. And he is uh, out of the
1: story now. I hate all actors except for this fiery redhead who really has a thing for grappling hooks. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Robin, let's get out of here. Sorry, wrong story.
0: (laughs) Uh, And uh, yeah, that's kind of the end That's where the show stops. Yeah, uh, although the story for some reason sets itself up for a sequel because the bad guy has had his face blown off by uh, firecrackers or something in the climax, uh, and then when he's put on death row the police officer recognizes that that's not really him. Yeah. And Is it like, but uh, uh, there, there are so many, I had so many like even you know, has, problems yeah. with that. Like it saying. even has this part where he's like, Oh, you know, last time I saw the saboteur, his, his half of his face was all burned off. Yeah. Just like two faces. Just like two faces. And, And yes,
1: and then we don't know, will the saboteur come back? It's like when the Joker was locked up and he he was about to go away. And then, you know, he blows up uh, some hospitals and he gets away. (laughs) (laughs) I forget the the plot a little bit, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, the Joker has many uh, escape scenes where uh, anyone could go and look up and, and, you know... uh, borrow ideas from right? <laughs> now uh that's the show stopper um, but it's not where this show stops um oh, obviously it. uh this is the season finale and uh to our disappointment uh really and to the listeners disappointment as well yeah i, I really 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 wanted to praise this book i wanted I to praise it up and down i wanted to go finally some self-published work it's, it doesn't, you know, belong at the bottom of the bargain Ben This yeah. belongs on true shelves and it belongs in the reader's hands. No. No. Astonishingly not. The showstopper... It, it has nothing to offer anybody except a little bit of boredom, a little tiny moments of laughter and yeah. like, uh, there's some, more there's laughing at the
0: book than laughing some, with it. There's at least one funny line that I have been saying <laughs> on repeat <laughs> which is uh, when someone is uh, talking to someone of a lower class they uh, at once mutter how could you even speak to someone who, wor- who makes less than a dog's wage
1: yeah and now dog's wage uh, <laughs> if you aren't familiar with the term uh, <laughs> well, often you to disparage those who make uh, less than a yeah, dog makes I guess do service dogs get paid like I <laughs> I don't know I mean How I, do they I get thought the scraps. Was, I, they yeah, get the bone scraps bone scraps yeah you know um, and that's really what
0: this story is it's, yeah, a, it's, scraps. A, it's a it's a it's a nice uh, bone which had some it's meat a, on it
1: but yeah. it's been peeled off oh, yeah it's a and, dog's wage yeah <laughs> this book has been a dog's wage yeah. exactly now uh the band cast going forward is going to try a little bit harder mm. um, you know maybe we will uh Try throughout the season because we did leave this book selection to after we had finished all other books. Yes. Now I'm thinking what we do next time is we try to find a book that is actually good uh, mm. from the very beginning of the season. <laughs> I'm going to and save it for the. It's because you know I I do want this podcast to have some redeeming authorial yeah. quality to it. Like all these books were shit, but this one was a gem. You yeah. Know? Like, we don't like. When we have to speak ill of a book. No, I hate it. Yeah. I want to say nice things. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, sadly, uh, we can't do that this time. Nope. And uh, unfortunately, season four is just coming around the corner. Mm. Some big books coming up in season four, real behemoths. Oh, yeah. And I am going to deep dive into Amazon and I'm going to fucking find, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna find that fucking tuna that's actually going to feed us for once. Yeah. And We're going
0: to find a book that I can say with confidence. This is something you should go out and read. Yeah,
1: buy this guy's book because he deserves it. You know, because that's that's the thing. self a book, you you do your own marketing. Who's got the money? Who's got the time? Who's got the effort? Yeah. I mean, like unless you are really lucky or really talented, chances are that the light isn't going to shine on you. No. And, so and maybe, maybe we we are that we are that shining light. Uh, We are self-publishing's saving grace. Yeah. And we are kind of like a, uh, you know, sometimes like a dark knight that uh, saves, uh, you know, these books uh, Mm -hmm. from the sewers. And we can grappling hook them out to the top story and yeah. maybe we can shine that big Batman light on them and show the yeah. world. Yeah. We can let our skylight do the talking and say, hey everyone, come look at this thing that we found. Uh, yeah, this amazing book that is actually worth reading. Yeah. The showstopper is not going to get that golden gleaming light. No. It's going to get uh you know the janitorial mob. Yeah. It's gonna get a dog's wage. Uh, it's gonna get a dog's wage. <laughs> now um if you are writing stories This is uh, generally. (laughs) I I don't know if people that listen to this podcast actually write stories. Uh, You know, uh, maybe it's maybe I'm talking to myself. Mm. You know, more than anyone else. But uh, I believe that you know it doesn't matter how good your writing actually is. It matters if you have a story to tell. If you have big ideas. Mm. If you have something complicated you want to talk about an interesting dynamic, or maybe just a character's struggle through life. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how flowery or well-spoken your sentences are. Yes, I I think
0: that's a very key takeaway from this is that Kyle Robertson is a good writer. By definition of his his prose and his structure and these yeah, sorts of it's things, fine. Yeah, it's great. It got it's weaker cool. over the course of the book. Well, the last it, like thirty percent, it got t- it took got, a dive. It got
1: repetitive. Like, yeah.
0: well, I mean, I also saw more mistakes near the end. Yeah, you just, you know, sometimes you write a book, you run out of steam. At yeah, the end.
1: especially with proofreading. Yeah, yeah
0: that. <laughs> what I will say is that this is good writing, and he's got potential to write something good. I think you know this is one of his first books. I'm mm. sh- I'm sure that you know with with the right focus. You could pull something out. Yeah. The problem is that you gave focus to the wrong things yeah. here. The problem is that you have educated writing, but you don't have creative writing. It yeah. doesn't matter how good your words are if the story's not there. Yeah. Because I will read a shit book yeah. with a great story. I will suffer through you know poor grammar. But I'm not going to remember every turn of phrase you did yeah. that was clever. What I will remember is if you had a good character or you had a heart to your story. Yeah,
1: I won't remember all the mistakes that were in between. No, and I often think that, especially when it comes to the type of reading that we do, where yeah. we are looking through the awful sentences and we're going like, wait, there is something here. Yeah. Know, there is a story that wants to be told. Uh, that there's a little bit of magic in that. Yes. You know? It's like something that was in someone's head yeah. and they have tried to paint it as best as possible. And you're trying to look past the painting and go, What is the scene? What is this magical world? Uh, And this is painted well, but it's a painting of like a- just a barn. Yeah, or a city building. It's like a picture of Broadway. Like it doesn't speak about uh, characters' struggles or like all the characters are are far too cheesy to be meaningful. Yeah. And uh, with that, it's not not like it's cheesy and funny. It's funny for like the first time you read a a piece of cheesy dialogue and then- like, if you're not going to do anything no. else with that, then it's going to be very boring and not yeah. funny. So, so maybe that's the real purpose of the Burncast
0: is, you know, to look at books and 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 try to tell them the way the author originally tried, yeah. you know, but they just, they just couldn't. And, mm. you know, maybe that's why the Burncast is not the podcast that the industry
1: deserves. But it's the one that it needs. Uh, and also, uh, you know, uh, maybe this podcast is also designed to make a little bit of money. Yeah. Uh, And now uh, this is more (laughs) directed towards the listeners. Uh, Yeah. We're reaching a turning point for the Burncast. Yes. uh, We've upped the scale. We've uh, upped the studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to bring it to a more vid-tacular format. And this is going to mean that uh, the podcast uh, will not be uh, any different. You'll still be able to listen to it uh, mm-hmm. on all your favorite platforms. But you'll get to see it as well. Yes. Now, uh, and maybe that brings a little bit of extra spice. Mm. Uh, and if you want us to be bigger and better and more excited uh, and, yep. you know, all, all the things that make the Booncast so great, uh, consider, you know, buying us a coffee every month. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, very easy to support us through Patreon. Yes. And it really, really helps us a metric ton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's our plea to the listeners, to the writers out there. Um, if you've got a book to review and you want to make sure it gets a good review, then yeah, you know, you know, Kyle, you missed out on a big yeah, opportunity here. Send us a care package uh, <laughs> with some hard copies. Uh, Andy we'll... Foster is now my favorite person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see how this review changes. If we... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was the showstopper. That was season three. Yes. That was the Burncast. Uh, more Burncast to come. Bigger, yep. better, more bright and shiny. Yep. We've got season addendum. We've got specials coming up. We've got... Yeah. Everything that you could ever want. All the entertainment. Stop watching other shows. Stop yeah. listening to other things. Music you don't even need because we make our music yeah. ourselves. <laughs> it's all in-house here at the Broadcast. Yeah.
0: And it's going to be even better. Yeah. So stay tuned and we will see you very soon with
1: the start of season four. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the show. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to subscribe and join in the conversation with us on one of our platforms. You can find us on Discord, Twitter, and Reddit. You can support the show through Patreon or just by sharing the show with your friends. Thanks.